What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Moors.com. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. I am Deb Creer, the socialite, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And with me today is um, Ike Piggott, and we're going to have so much fun because Ike is a fellow public relations pro, and I love the fact that he has embraced social media. You know, we I still talk to people every day who are in the PR and marketing field who poo-poo social media. And, you know, so this is going to be so much fun to talk to Ike. So first, let me give you a little bit of his background. Ike is a veteran communicator who got out of television news and back into life. He worked for 16 years in broadcast news, winning several awards, including, get this, an Emmy for his writing and reporting. While in television, he started his crisis communication training consultancy, Positive Position. He later worked for the American Red Cross, where he created the first disaster news blogs and the Red Cross Twitter account. As the Director of Communications and Government Relations for a five-state region, he served as an in-house crisis counsel for chapters and units. Ike now works for Alabama Power, where he is involved in crisis planning and the integration of social media tools across the enterprise. So welcome, Ike. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Well, thank you. Great. Well, you know, it sounds like you were definitely one of those early adopters and you leaped into social media when many people were still totally afraid or just dangling their toes. So why did you see this as a medium that you wanted to uh, get involved in and why you thought it was so important to to be promoting things there? I, I never saw it that way. If you want to know the truth, <laughs> I, uh, I, I did TV news up until 2004. And I got out and went to work for the uh, for the American Red Cross locally here in Birmingham. And I, I immediately started doing one very key thing, and that was trying to figure out just what the hell I was doing. Okay. Uh, you know, coming from the news side, I, I had a pretty good sense for media relations. Uh, what I didn't really know as much was the rest of public relations. Mm-hmm. I mean, as you know, there's a lot more to public relations than there is uh, doing news releases and, and right. talking to people on camera. So... Uh, I did what what a lot of people would do in that circumstance, especially if they had no formal PR training in college. It, I, I started Googling to find out more online about public relations, mm-hmm. and uh, and I messed up. And, in, and I ended up teaching myself an awful lot about online public relations, uh, ah. not realizing that this was kind of a new sphere, that mm-hmm. this was a whole new thing that was rolling out, and... Uh, along the way, I, I, I was blogging. Uh, I felt that blogging was important to me. Uh, I started with a live journal account in 2003 as I was on my way out of TV. Uh, blogging was important to me because it was going to keep me writing every day. I, ne- I needed something to keep my writing sharp. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then uh, I, I started interacting with all of these PR and marketing professionals around the world who were blogging. And lo and behold, I would leave comments and they would say, wow, that's an interesting perspective. I hadn't mm-hmm. thought about that. 
and I ended up with a uh, inadvertently cultivating this fantastic network of of early adopters when it came to social media and PR, uh, and just a great blessing. I, I remember a uh, Christmas week of uh, of 2006. Uh, that that dead time between Christmas and New Year's when not a right. whole lot's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my friends, Andrea Weckerly, uh, was on the phone and said said, you know, you really need to check out this thing. It's it's a new thing. It's called Twitter. You need to check it out. You need to get mm-hmm. on that because this is going to be a big deal. Right. And, mm-hmm. I, and I said, sure, yeah, whatever. So I, I ended up getting on Twitter very early. And, of course, March of 2007 was when they put up those big monitors at South by Southwest, and suddenly everybody's talking about this. And uh, and even then, I never really thought of myself as, you know, being particularly innovative. But, mm-hmm. you know, one, one of the uh, one of the things that really – uh, opened my eyes was the experience that we had here in Birmingham during Hurricane Katrina. You know, Birmingham right. was far enough inland that we weren't directly affected. But what we did have was tens of thousands of people who were affected mm-hmm. streaming into uh, our coverage area looking for assistance. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people leaving New Orleans, uh, most of the ones that came here were coming out of South Mississippi. And they absolutely overwhelmed our communication infrastructure. I bet. Uh, our, phone, our phone lines burned up. Our, uh, I couldn't even send a fax because people were desperately calling our fax number to mm-hmm. try and talk to a human being. Mm-hmm. So, so that's when I, I started saying, okay, maybe there's an application here for this entire class of, of technology and tools and, and social networks, what have you. There, there, there has to be a way that we can harness this to get information out during a disaster. And I was, I was particularly drawn to Twitter just because, you know, originally, we don't think of it this way, but Twitter was designed around text messaging and SMS. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and, and you can still have a full Twitter experience just on SMS if you've got an unlimited plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, just, just so I, I, was, I was trying to look at these networks, not for what other people had done with them, but, but just in terms of, of the raw infrastructure of, okay, what is being shared? Is it, is it links? Is it, is, it, is it places? Is it pictures? You know, what is the currency? Who's doing the sharing? What kind of technology is underlying that? What what allows it to be recommunicated or reshared? And and I kind of came up with this sort of proprietary internal protocol of how I uh, of how I analyze networks. But it was all based around solving a particular problem. Mm-hmm. And and lo and behold, I you know I realized that nobody else is doing this. Uh, and and I ended up talking with folks like Jeff Livingston and, and some other mm-hmm. authors who were looking for case studies. And it's um, you know it, it it's kind of fun. <laughs> I, I had somebody ask me, if you, you know, have you ever thought about going back into TV? I said, you know, really no. Uh, I know TV. I like TV. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed my time there. But uh, there, there's something, something kind of fun about being three to six months ahead of, a, of an industry. <laughs> right. <laughs> and feeling like you're, feeling like you're falling mm-hmm. behind at all times. So that, 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 kind of, you know, that, that kind of describes my social experience right there. Well, and, you know, the, the cool thing about Twitter especially is, you know, as you were talking about, the immediacy of it, um, you know, and, and the fact that you can inform so many people about what's going on, whether it's, you know, here's shelters to use or take cover or, you know, all those various things. Last week I talked with James Spann on uh, this program, and he was really talking about the fact that, you know, so many times, especially if there is a disaster, whether it's in your own community or if people have migrated to your community like they did with you, they came, you know, the, the only thing they may have is their cell phone. And so there they've got Twitter, they've got access to Facebook, you know, and all the other social media sites. But, you know, if you can't say, here's where to find shelter, 
in a tweet, then you're you're telling too much information that needs to be comprehended so quickly. Uh, yeah, you you know, I worked with James for a number of years. He's mm-hmm. he's a great friend of mine, and and mm-hmm. he gets this stuff more so than than most people who are right. who are mm-hmm. in the broadcast industry. The, I was originally looking at Twitter as a as a way for me to kind of do an end around uh, with with all the rest of the media mm-hmm. and coordinate mass evacuation. You know, we we right. were looking mm-hmm. at at some of those uh you know mid two thousand years mm-hmm. uh, with uh with hurricane tracks. I, I, there was uh, one city in Florida that I think had had three different hurricane eyes came through the same year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know we're looking at at evacuating you know twelve million people out of South Florida uh, mm-hmm. you know for uh, for a hurricane event. Uh, and I saw Twitter as a way for me to be able to coordinate that information so that everybody's on the same page at the same time. Right. And the information can be shared. I mean, to me, that's also what is so cool about it is, you know, somebody retweets it. So, you know, they're connected with other people who are in that, that area that need that information, you know, all of those various things. So that's, to me, what's so powerful about it. Uh, it's not just it's not just the resharing, but it's also the timeliness of it because, mm-hmm. you know, if you're if you're still dealing with a traditional news media environment where where you've got some people who are connected by emails and some people who are connected by what comes across the fax machine, you know, if you're not careful, then a lot of the information that's being transmitted is getting there too late and it's right. not time stamped. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was envisioning a system where, you know, we could even hook into the highway signs, uh, ah. where, where, mm-hmm. where you could push a tweet that says, hey, there's not a single hotel room south of mile marker 220. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, and if you're driving north, that's, that's actionable information that can help mm-hmm. you even if you're not on Twitter, even if you're right. not getting it, mm-hmm. you know, directly off your cell phone. Uh, and, and it's certainly more helpful than sending it on to disc jockeys who are only part-time news people. Mm-hmm. Who aren't aware that what they're sharing is five hours old, and and you know giving people information that's five hours old in a disaster uh, isn't very helpful at all. Right. Well, and local DJs, you know, bless them because they are trying to get the information out, but you know they don't always provide enough of the information. We were traveling out here from Colorado. Um, we were around the Raleigh area several years ago, and there was a tornado. You know, so we and of course we'd never been to Raleigh. So we're, you know, we're listening to the radio. It took us a while to even find what we thought was a local radio station. And then, you know, they're talking about counties and streets. Well, we had no idea where we were. So, you know, them giving information about if you are in X area, take cover. We didn't even know where that was, you know, and, and you can provide so much more information in a variety of ways that is just, you know, far, you know, Better than you know the traditional area, the tradition traditional media outlets. Well, and, and you know a lot a lot of the technology is is kind of circumventing that need too. Uh, most of your most of your smartphone apps now, for instance, that right. deal with severe weather and warnings, mm-hmm. uh, they'll 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 just let you know. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you you won't have to worry about am I in this part of the county or right. that part of the county, or mm-hmm. whatever else. It's if you're there, it will it will let you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, and, and, and that's one of the things that I've been thinking about lately too. Is that you know the the value of social media uh, really is hand in hand with the mobile technology uh, aspect of this. Mm-hmm. You know, Facebook and Twitter and everything is great in the browser, and it's very useful to you. And as and as, as I've told people, you can cultivate a network that makes you smarter. But it's when it it puts it in the palm of your hand, and it's mobile, and it's transient, and it's with you, and it's intelligent. 
that that the value just just multiplies. They mm-hmm. augment each other so well. Right. You know, and, and the key is to tie them all together, you know, and, and whether it is that you are, you know, a, a Red Cross trying to get information out or a news media outlet or simply, you know, a business trying to get your information out to your consumers, you have to use all of the platforms and use them together. Um, you know, I still cringe at least once a week. I have a business owner who tells me I'm not going to have a website anymore because I'm just going to have a Facebook business page. And I try to explain to them that's great, and but that's Facebook's toy, and they can do whatever they want with it. And if you've built up fifty, a thousand, you know, five million followers, and Facebook all of a sudden changes that platform, you just lost all of those people. Or, or they they just change the rules of the algorithm right. such mm-hmm. that, uh, hey, this has never happened that Facebook mm-hmm. has made a change that suddenly you're oh, no. only reaching fifteen percent of your fans. <laughs> that, mm-hmm. That's never ever happened. Right. Uh, I, I call that digital sharecropping. Mm-hmm. You know, it, somebody else owns the land, and they just kind of let you till on it. And mm-hmm. and and if you do if you do some really great things there, they're the ones who are reaping the benefit of it, not you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the fact that what the average Facebook user is, is on the platform for four hundred minutes a month, uh, some mm-hmm. ungodly figure. Uh, you know that that's driving traffic to Facebook servers for Facebook mm-hmm. ads and for Facebook's benefit. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, can there be a benefit for us? Yes, but mm-hmm. but the but the smarter play is to own your own platform and then drive people there. That's mm-hmm. that's always been for me the uh, the goal is, is right. either, if if you're not trying to to drive them to your platform, at least give them the information that they need so that they don't have to go somewhere else to get it. Mm-hmm. Well, and. You know, definitely use the multiple platforms. You know, the, the thing with Facebook is just as you mentioned, it filters things, even on the personal posts. You know, we don't see everything from every person. And, you know, the, the nice thing about Twitter, LinkedIn, and Google Plus is there's no filtering. You know, everything that's out there from everybody you're connected with, you see all of it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a little skeptical here on that. Uh, we, we say there's no filtering, but. <laughs> But the question is, how would you know? Right. This okay? is true. Mm-hmm. If, 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 if I was Twitter, if I was, if I was involved in setting up the algorithms for Twitter, mm-hmm. I would be coming up with ways to ensure that when you call up that first, that first queue, uh, you know, whether you're doing it on a mobile app or you're calling it up in the browser and it's the first time within a, within a one hour period, mm-hmm. uh, I would, I would be doing some sorting to ensure that, uh, that, you know, the most relevant tweets for you, the most relevant people, the people you're, you most engage with, uh, would show up as long mm-hmm. as it's within the last two minutes. Right. Uh, so, that, I mean, that, I can't tell you for sure whether I'm getting the unfiltered, pure chronological feed mm-hmm. in my Twitter. Yeah. Uh, the only way would be to, you know, pick certain people and look to see if you received everything that they posted. Um, you know, and, and yeah, but, but, but that's, scale, that's an ordeal. That. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and, it's, but it, it does bring up the fact that you do have to just post, and especially, you know, depending on what the information is, multiple times on multiple places. You know, now you don't want to go overboard. Now, obviously, there are times, uh, you know, if you're a business and there's a crisis, you know, whatever you need to get out there, you need to get that out there multiple times. You know, with your organization, with, with, um, Alabama Power, if you've got a situation and you only post once, that's not going to, to get that information out there to people. And, and so that's where I think some business owners fall down is 
they get confused with how often they should post, you know, all those various things. And then when they need to be out there, they're not. We, we had a, one of our executives who, who came to me, gosh, I think about six or seven weeks ago, and was just wanting to know if, if we weren't being too noisy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it, and, and what he said was, you know, I got, you know, I got three tweets about this same thing within a, within a two-hour period. Uh, you know, is that, is that going to appear really spammy? And I said, well, honestly, it's only going to appear spammy to people like you who are, aren't following five or six right. accounts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. You're going to see everything that mm-hmm. we do. The vast majority of our followers on Twitter are not going to see everything that mm-hmm. we do. Uh, and, and unless it's just, you know, a, a hypercritical event, it's, it's not even really important that they see mm-hmm. every single thing we do. Mm-hmm. But you're right. You, you have to, you have to recognize where your audience is. You have to have a reasonable idea of, uh, of what it's going to take to, to try and get that information out in front of them. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, that, uh, that may involve occasionally sponsoring a post on Facebook right. to, to mm-hmm. really goose the reach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we've been in, we've been in talks, you know, with, with Twitter and others about, you know, what, what's, what's the protocol for us on that? What's, uh, right. you know, under what circumstances does it make, make sense for us? Obviously in mm-hmm. a, in a major storm with a major outage, then, you know, we've got messages we want to put out over the top. That may be a time for sponsored tweets. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, you, you you've got to, you've got to tailor your messaging around the habits of the people that you're trying to reach. Mm-hmm. And, and be where they're going to be. Um, you know, that's, uh, it was one of the interesting things with talking with James last week was he has to be everywhere because people, you know, if they're looking especially for information about bad weather, you know, it doesn't matter if they're a 10 year old who's on Instagram or a 90 year old who's only going to watch TV. You have to run the gamut of making sure that you're reaching your entire audience where they need to be reached. Now, you know, obviously it's not a hundred percent. You just can't do that. But at the same point, you know, you need to, to take those steps. You do. Uh, but, uh, I'm, I'm, it's funny. I work at a power company. So a lot of the people at the power company think that I'm this just sort of insane hippie way out there rebel. For communications, mm-hmm. and yet then in the social media community, I'm this really conservative fuddy-duddy. Uh, I, you have to be very careful about not just running out and embracing everything at once. Uh, right. I'm, I'm an mm-hmm. advocate for, for, for figuring out one network, getting a feel for it, and mm-hmm. then trying to expand into Definitely. something else. As mm-hmm. uh, for instance, you know, we have a Google Plus page at Alabama Power. Mm-hmm. It's a placeholder for us. We are right. not mm-hmm. we are not sold on Google Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and and you know. I, when, when you're when you're a big company, when when you're talking about the enterprise, uh, there is no doing anything in a silo or in a vacuum. I, I can't go and just unilaterally say, "Hey, we're going to do a bunch of stuff on Google Plus. We're going to do a bunch of stuff on Instagram now," because we've got other departments that that have a stake in that account and have mm-hmm. a stake in in those customer relationships. And you know, if our, our customer service team is doing monitoring for us and they're doing engagement with customers as as appropriate. I can't go and create a new engagement area for them, one more place that they've got to go and right. comb mm-hmm. and check for comments uh, until until we know that it's going to be worth our while. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. you know, may, maybe maybe somebody who's listening knows somebody at Google that can that can answer this <laughs> question for me. Uh, we we, we kind of asked through some third parties to find out, you know, w- what is the penetration of Google Plus in the state of Alabama? You know, we mm-hmm. I, I love all of you outside the state, but you're not my core audience. Mm-hmm. So. Right. So I want to I want to be able to set a baseline. You know, what's mm-hmm. the what's the Google Plus penetration and active usership in the state of Alabama? 
so that sometime down the road I can measure it and say, when it reaches this level, mm -hmm. then it's time for us to dive in. We, right. we absolutely have mm -hmm. to be there. The answer we got back from Google was, well, we don't know how many there are. And I don't believe that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you would think their advertisers would, or, you know, their, their ad department people would know that. I, you know, uh, I, I'm, that, so that makes me kind of cautious. But, but honestly, mm -hmm. I, you know, I can't even make a recommendation for it for us until I've got something that I can measure and something that I can baseline. Right. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's just one more channel that we've got to, we've got to police and patrol. Right. You know, and, and, Patrolling is probably one of the, the important things that you just mentioned, because if people are asking for the information and you miss that, you know, whether it's, hey, you know, my power is off, you know, here's my address. Well, hopefully they wouldn't post that publicly, but, you know, or it's, you know, just somebody asking a, a business, what are your hours? You know, I'd like to place an order. If you ignore those, it can be catastrophic, you know. You it, it can, but but you know, I'll tell you, it's the the better part of that is the is the times that they say, "Where's the nearest Alabama Power office?" Right. To, to, to pay my bill. <laughs> and 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 when when we're able to find that, when when mm -hmm. we when we find that just purely through eavesdropping, they they didn't do an at mention, right. they didn't mm -hmm. tag us specifically. When when we find that and jump on it, and we're the first ones to answer, mm -hmm. then we have performed. A very valuable service, and and you know mm -hmm. the. I'm going to brag on this guy for a minute here, and, and you probably need to have him on the show at some point. Uh, Ron Shevlin, mm. uh, he he writes uh, he writes a blog called Snarketing 2.0, mm -hmm. and I subscribe. He's one, my, mm -hmm. he's one of my fellow travelers in the uh, in the highly regulated industry space, <laughs> because you know he he does all financial services, right? Stuff. Mm -hmm. and he's got a story. Uh, I, I wish somebody would go ahead and just mention him on Twitter right now so that he can tune in and find out that we're talking about him. <laughs> he shared a story a few years ago on his blog about a, uh, a customer who called one of these mega banks. And I can't remember if it was Chase or if it was City. It was, it was one of the big mega banks that we're all supposed to hate after TARP right. and the bailout. Uh, and, and what happened is, is this guy called in and, and he was canceling an account. And as soon as he got finished, you know, closing out the entire account, you know, didn't want to transfer anything else, just wanted mm -hmm. his money. Uh, the rep said, is there anything else I can help you with? He said, well, mm -hmm. I've got this account here that I want to close down. And the rep turned back and just said, well, excuse me, sir. Uh, I don't mean to pry, and, and this may not be any of my business whatsoever, but are you by chance going through a divorce? And the guy was silent for a second and said, mm -hmm. yeah, as a matter of fact, I am. And the rep said, well, if you don't mind, I'd, I'd like to transfer you to somebody in our department that specializes in cases like yours because mm -hmm. they may be able to walk you through this and, and get you to consider some things that you haven't thought of yet. Mm -hmm. And the reason this whole thing came to light is because this guy writes a, a letter to the bank and says, I don't care what happens for the rest of time. I'm never taking my money out of your accounts because you were there for me and you were looking mm -hmm. out for me. And the, the the thing that just sort of slaps you in the face here is that this is the kind of stuff that you're always told about your hometown credit union where you walk in and the teller knows your name and, and asks right. how your mm -hmm. kids are by name and everything else. But this was a mega bank. Mm -hmm. And and what that the, the part of this that's so instructive is that from a customer service standpoint, when your customer is in a state that is emotionally charged, either positive but especially negative. Mm -hmm. What you do gets magnified, and you right. have you have an opportunity to win over that customer for life.
by just giving them exemplary customer service, even even just average to good customer service, mm-hmm. uh, can 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 do wonders. And, uh, right. and 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 I took that to heart because you know the application for us is you know I'm, I'm, I work for a power company. Most people think about their power company approximately six minutes a year. Uh, <laughs> when it's not thir- working. <laughs> thir- 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 Thirty seconds a pop when the monthly mm-hmm. bill comes. Yep. And then and then on the rare time that there is an outage, mm-hmm. uh, you know they they think about oh, oh my god there wasn't even a storm what's wrong with you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the average customer for our company has power out uh, about two and a half hours out of an entire year, which is a oh, ridiculously mm-hmm. small amount of time. If you mm-hmm. But but they but they don't think about us. No. Uh, and and as such, they they kind of take us for granted. So if if you think about this this big storm that comes through, and it's going to take almost a week to get everybody back online, that is a tremendous life. Altering experience. I mm-hmm. mean, so many things we do are dependent upon electricity, and and it and it affects their ability to go to work and to get clean and to clean clothes and to mm-hmm. take care of the kids and 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 you know prepare food and and all these things. So, taking that extra moment to be human through something as simple as Twitter, mm-hmm. when they're reaching out asking for help, makes a big difference. Right. For that customer who's who's driving around in Gardendale and doesn't know where our office is. Mm-hmm. That that can be a moment of panic, and that can be a moment of of frustration and right. confusion, mm-hmm. and there's an emotional tie to it. And if we reach out, if we find that guy in time and reach out and give him information that's actionable and relevant and timely to his situation, then we've got a fan for life. And that's that's the way we're approaching this: is that you know every single one of these uh, interactions are an opportunity to to deepen or create a relationship with somebody that that we didn't have before. Right. Now you mentioned, <coughs> excuse me, eavesdropping on Twitter conversations and there's actually official ways to do that. How do you monitor Twitter, um especially Twitter for people specifically talking about Atlanta Power? Or Alabama Power? <laughs> Alabama. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the the really the really discouraging part, from my perspective, is that there are not as many tools that match the scale for what we need. And this isn't just my complaint, but this is throughout the entire mm-hmm. utility sector. You know, we're we're all locked into a territory. We can't mm-hmm. we can't grow by moving right. into another state. Mm-hmm. It's not like direct. Uh, have you ever have you ever just sat back and watched uh, either Comcast and Charter or Directv and Dish go after each other's customers on Twitter? Oh yeah. It's it's really funny. So some some guy will say say, man, my direct TV absolutely sucks. Blah blah blah. And then within within minutes, so Dish Network will pop in. And it's like it's like, well, you know, hey, we can make you a really nice offer to switch. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's but, funny. And they're, but, they're there immediately. A- absolutely, and it's it, it's fun when you're in that kind of competitive environment where you can poach. Well, you know, we're we're a regulated utility. We can't poach anybody else. No. Uh, we're limited by our footprint. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're limited. We're, we're limited in a lot of other, uh, in a lot of other ways. And you know, we're, while customer satisfaction is important to us, and there are certain things that we do benchmark against other utilities, uh, there, there's not really a need for me to sit there with a Radian Six dashboard monitoring the the conversation around 45 other electric utilities across the United States. Right. You don't care. Uh, but but as a result, you know, it doesn't make sense for us to pay for this incredibly expensive suite of tools 
and now we're down to like the like the hoot suites mm-hmm. and the and the postlings and the right. and the, mm-hmm. and the, and the so you say, how do we monitor it? We're monitoring it in browser tabs. We're mm-hmm. monitoring it by, by do, doing Twitter search directly off of Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're monitoring it with, with the free and bare bones tools. And, uh, and are we catching everything? Probably not, but we're getting a, a pretty good amount of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, if, if, anybody, if anybody out there has a monitoring solution and you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> share, get, get, share. Please share, particularly mm-hmm. if you've got something that'll scale for uh, mm-hmm. for, for what we need. And uh, you know, it's it, every every tool that that's shown promise over the last four years has been bought by somebody else and turned into this big suite of you know engagement and massive analysis mm-hmm. consoles. And, and right. We don't do that. We 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 want something to help us find the notifications. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we want something to help us find the customers, but you know, we we can't afford to pay five dollars a tweet to do right. it. You know, and, and that's what businesses need too, because, you know, the, the worst thing is if somebody talks about you, especially in a negative way, and you don't respond, because then everybody else piles on. It's amazing. You know, if there's something negative, then everybody else has something negative too. But the second you can get in there and fix that, you know, whether it's, you know, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, to, you know, the, the less likely it is that it's going to go downhill. And then the amazing thing is when you've got, you know, something that you fixed, all these positive comments come forward, you know, and, and it was, it was interesting. I was doing a, um, a program a couple of weeks ago and was researching companies that have completely failed on social media. And this was a restaurant that had been on Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmare show. And now, oh, you know, oh, I know this one. Yeah. Oh, yes, the, the <laughs> cupcake place. And, you know, she now they had asked him to come in for people who aren't familiar with the show because they were struggling. And, you know, and, and Gordon is abrasive would be probably, you know, an, an understatement. But he really does go in and, and try and help business owners. Well, you know, long story short, what happened is they had a Facebook page and people started posting extremely negative things. And rather than trying to fix things, I remember one of the, the clips that I saw showed her saying, don't tell me the customer is right. I have stupid customers. <laughs> and oh, I, then, I, I... oh, you know, and, and, and it just went further and further. And, you know, and, and then they started swearing using words that you should never, ever use, you know, especially in a professional realm and, and doing it on Facebook and calling people, you know, all sorts of names. And then they backed off and said, oh, dear, you know, our Facebook account was hacked. Well, then it turns out it wasn't. And it went downhill from there. And, you know, it was it was it kind of one of those train wrecks where you couldn't help but watch just because it was an ultimate disaster. And never once did I see her try and say, we're sorry. What can we do to fix this? You know, and, and so that's what scares business people off. But it really is pretty easy to get ahead of it, you know, if at all possible. I've I've seen different statistics on this, but but they all kind of average out to this to this range. Roughly ninety five percent of the time, if you have somebody who posts something negative either on mm-hmm. your wall or says something negative about you, uh, they will leave with a better feeling about you just for the fact that you engaged. Uh, right. You may not you may not be able to do what they what they're asking mm-hmm. for. You may not be able to change their situation. Uh, you may not even be able to explain. Why mm-hmm. any better than than they've already heard? But right. the fact that they the fact that they felt like you listened and and, and you heard them right. uh, go, goes goes a long way, uh, and, and and it's it's important. Again, those are, those are all opportunities to uh, 
to reach somebody at a time of, of a heightened emotional state mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and turn them into, you can turn them neutral, you can turn them into fans. Right. Well, we are already at the bottom of the hour, so we're going to go ahead and take our break. And when we come back, uh, let's talk about how, uh, you know, we, I, I saw Ike present on how to make unsexy sexy. And he was talking about how to take things like power and electricity, but really make them interesting for, for people and, and how to really use your social media as ways to reach the community with various things. So when we come back, we're going to talk about that. I'm Jeb Creer with Ike Piggott on Mile High Radio. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. If nothing beats a great pair of legs, then nothing can beat milehighradio.com. Parenting is a rewarding experience that comes with challenges. Every parent experiences moments when they are overwhelmed or frustrated. Families First wants you to know you are not alone. Colorado parents can call 1-800-CHILDREN for answers, resources, and support. This free confidential support line can be the difference between struggling alone and finding the support you need to strengthen your family. Call 1-800-CHILDREN or visit www.familiesfirstcolorado.org. Hi, Chris here from Yambana Gluten-Free Bakery. Do you get gas, bloating, cramping, or worse when you eat items with wheat, barley, or rye? You may be dealing with celiac, gluten intolerance, or a gluten allergy. Experts estimate that up to 40% of us need to avoid gluten. At Yambana, we bake the best-tasting gluten-free items hands down. For two years, I've been perfecting our recipes to be tasty and moist instead of dry and crumbly. We use nothing artificial, and we ELISA test our products to be sure they're truly gluten-free. So no matter if you're a super-sensitive celiac or someone who feels better staying away from gluten, stop tooting your gluten and visit our online store today. Go to yumbanashop.com. That's Y-U-M-B-A-N-A-S-H-O-P-P-E.com. We ship worldwide, and if you live in the Castle Rock area of Colorado, delivery is free. Save 10% when you enter the coupon code MILEHIGHRADIO. Yumbanashop.com. For being a friend Travel down a road and back again Your heart is true You're a pal and a confidant And we are back. I'm Deb Creer, and we're talking with Ike Piggott, who is um, with Alabama Power. See, I got it right this time. And we're talking about how to make... Uh, you know, information that you're putting out there, you might think, ugh, it's not all that interesting, it's not all that fun. You know, maybe you're a company that, that sells widgets. You know, but there are ways to engage with your audience in, and involve them in that. So, you know, I tell us, how do you make the unsexy sexy? Oh, you know, if I had a universal answer for that, uh, <laughs> you'd be talking about me with my big best-selling book and <laughs> and I wouldn't be able to get you on my radio program <laughs> that's right that's right I, I don't remember the little people no uh <laughs> I, I was actually asked to do a presentation on this very topic by uh, by Jason Falls a couple of mm-hmm. years ago 
And when I said, well, what makes you think I'm qualified? He said, dude, you work for a power company. Mm -hmm. You do social media for a power company. Uh, so what, what I would try to get people to start with is, is just the idea of, of breaking down and deconstructing what sexy is. Mm -hmm. uh, for, for the longest time, uh, you go back hundreds of years, the, the, the definition of what is sexy has changed. Uh, you know, I could probably show you photographs of men and women, you know, one after the other, and, and you could probably come up with a reasonably good ranking of which ones look sexy and which ones don't, mm -hmm. uh, based off of certain attributes. And, and what, what the, what we try to get you to understand is that the attributes that are sexy today, uh, are radically different than what they would have been 200, 300, 400, 500 years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what was sexy back then would have been, would have been pale skin because, you know, pale skin indicates that you're part of the leisure class and that right. you don't have to mm -hmm. get outside and work for a living. Uh, you're not out working in the fields. Uh, you know, nice, big, round rolls of fat, you know, indicate right. that, hey, it's sexy because, hey, you're, you're, you're rich. You can afford mm -hmm. to overeat. You can eat well. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, now, now being fit in, in, in tan is a sign that you, you make so much money that you can spend time in the tanning bed and in the, in the gym. Mm -hmm. you know, you've got this expensive gym membership. So, so all of these things have changed over time, and, and they will continue to evolve over time. But what, what those things signaled at the time they became sex symbols, so to speak, uh, was that you, you had value. And the value... For, for you as a company is, is directly t tied into what problems you solve for your customers or for your clients. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, you talk to a woman and, and ask her, you know, what's sexy? And, it, you know, last night I fixed the disposal in our <laughs> sink. Uh huh. And my wife thought that was incredibly sexy. I bet. Uh huh. Uh, you know, there's there's nothing sexy about trying to you know hunt around for an Allen wrench for 20 minutes and figure out which one fits the little thing on the bottom that you that you loosen it. And there's nothing sexy about sticking your hand down in there and hoping nobody turns it on. Uh, but, but you solved the problem. But you solved a problem. Mm -hmm. And and you know to to look at it from a power company perspective, you know, uh, again, most people don't think about us unless they they just got their bill or or their mm -hmm. power's gone out for some reason and they don't know why. Uh, as, as, a, as an industry, we got away from telling people what the real magic was. And, and mm -hmm. you know, you go back 60 years, you go back to the time of the Jetsons, mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and you, look at, you look at the commercials that, that, that would, would run for, mm -hmm. for, for power companies. It's like, you know, hey, look at what it's doing to transform your life. The kids can stay up late at night and read and study mm -hmm. and better mm -hmm. themselves. And, and you've got mom in the, in the shining apron, and she's vacuuming and running the dishwasher and and all these wonderful things. I mean, it's it, electricity solved problems. Electricity brought people out of uh, out of certain living conditions and into leisure living conditions. Mm -hmm. uh, electricity now powers the internet and the television and all the things that connect you to your world. Uh, but we got away from selling the magic. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, part of that magic is the safety and the reliability around it. Mm -hmm. The fact that the fact that a, a ten year old child with no training whatsoever can plug something into the wall to make a device work mm -hmm. and and it and it just works uh, we, right. we take it for granted so 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 part of selling the sexy 
for a power company is trying to remind people of all the all the wonderful things that that have to happen to to make it as as drop dead simple and, and as easy as it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you, you say, well, you know, how do you apply that to to other businesses, other industries? Uh, you, you get down to the core of you know, what am I providing? What problem mm-hmm. am I solving? And and let's talk about that. And let's talk about it in a way that's that's passionate for service. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you're cutting hair, you're solving a problem for somebody, mm-hmm. and you can be passionate about doing it. If you're if you're a recycling center, you know you're you're providing a service, and it's not just providing a service, but you're also providing. Uh, a shot of goodwill and, and well-being to somebody who wants to feel like they're making a difference. Right. Uh, you know, you, you sell that, and that's that's ultimately that 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 human ingredient of this that uh, that makes social work. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have to you don't have to be Oreo. You don't have to come up with some kind of crazy campaign. You don't have to be over the top. You don't have to do humor for humor's value. You know, figure out what you do really well. Mm-hmm. Figure out what problems you're solving, and then and then find the right people who are the right advocates for that within right. your organization. You know, and and the the key that you mentioned there is to be human. You know, we're not talking to an entity. You know, yes, somebody is talking to Alabama Power, but you know, or Walmart, or Starbucks, or you know, some some restaurant down the street. Who's responding is a person. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking at Alabama Power's Twitter feed and I love that, you know, it's not just you. You know, we like to think that you're there 24 seven, but you do have a team. And so the person responding puts their name. And I really like that because then, you know, they know, okay, well, I'm, I'm looking here. Julie responded a couple of times. So, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, maybe there is not a Julie, but, you know, we love the fact oh, no, there, that there a is Julie. a person, you know, and, and um, she's, she's great. I, I love reading what she's posting here. And the cool thing is everybody is going to have a little bit different take on how they respond. And so seeing that it's Julie or, um, you know, several other people in here, that's, that's what's cool about this, you know, and, and Julie and Tony know, and Bishop. Yeah. And, and let, let, let me tell you, you know, we had, we had discussions and gosh, it, it's been such a long road to even get this thing launched mm-hmm. <laughs> four years ago. Uh, to where we are now. Uh, but, you know, there were discussions about, you know, how do we want to do this? Because we know that some companies have gone with a customer service model where, you know, you've got an account and it's it's their picture. So it would be, you know, APC Julie and APC right. Tony mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. And we elected to not go that route because... That gets complicated. Well, well, what what we didn't want to have happen was we didn't want to have Julie to be on her shift and give, give an awesome answer to a customer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, really help them out. You know, they go to direct message and they, they're able to make payment arrangements mm-hmm. that work right. out and help out. And then six months later, that, that customer, you know, that customer now has a relationship with mm-hmm. APC Julie. Mm-hmm. And reaching out to APC Julie with another desperate need at a time when APC Julie is off. Correct. Mm-hmm. That, that creates, that, that creates an additional channel. Mm-hmm. And, and you've got to be very cognizant of not creating channels that that deliver uh, deliver bad service. Mm-hmm. You know the customer expects that that APC Julie is going to respond. So right. so we decided mm-hmm. to do it through the main Alabama Power account. They mm-hmm. decided they wanted to start signing their names to it for for account, uh, accountability reasons, mm-hmm. but also just just to add that personal touch. Right. And uh, you know we <laughs> in in a regular call center, you've got. Uh, Maybe 150, 160 people or so. I'm not. I'm not sure how many we have down there anymore. Uh, but you know, every single person has their own individual personality. 
And even when they have a script for a particular circumstance, right. mm-hmm. once you get them on the phone, they're going to deliver that slightly differently mm-hmm. depending upon who they're talking to. And I, I used to tell them, it's like the moment that phone rings, before you even pick it up, you're already looking at the area code and the exchange. So mm-hmm. you already know a little something about that customer. Mm-hmm. And within the first eight seconds, you have been able to make adjustments on the fly based on their tone, speed of speech, mm-hmm. accent, dialect, vocabulary, frustrated. <laughs> you know, right. all, all, these, all these things that the, you, you can tell when a customer can take a joke. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and you don't realize it, but you are already making adjustments to that same script, that same paragraph that you're required to read, uh, and, and we don't think anything about it. And, and in social, it's so important you have to do that because even though it's a written medium, it's a mm-hmm. conversational medium. Even right. though you type it, it's conversational. And mm-hmm. you've got to, you know, sometimes you've got to go back in that user's timeline a little bit and find out a little bit about them and, mm-hmm. and figure out, is, is this somebody who's constantly joking around? Is this somebody who, who is depressed all the time? I mean, you know, is this somebody who just complains about every company they interact with? Mm-hmm. And, and then use that to inform and, 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 you know, some of those examples that I think you saw in the presentation that I did, it, it, it's a matter of figuring out, do I have something in common with this person that we can use as the, as the relationship point mm-hmm. and right. then build around it? Uh, I've, I've done that in some cases with, with folks who are avid college football fans, mm-hmm. with people who like the, the Joss Whedon show Firefly, to, uh, you know, to, to people who made Scooby-Doo references, and then we played mm-hmm. along uh, you, you find something that you have in common with them and you go. And that's, that, I mean, that's, that's not just for social media or for Twitter customer service. That's for, that's for the Rotary Club. That's for being well, out at the ballpark. And to me, that's one of the big benefits of social media is you can get those little things. You know, whether you're looking at someone's LinkedIn account and you see, you know, what university they went to or their Twitter account and, you know, all those things. I've, I've told people, you know, especially with an initial meeting with somebody, you know, you're meeting with them face to face, whatever you can find out in advance is great. You know, maybe you're getting ready to make a sales call with, you know, with a new potential new client and you see that, you know, I'm from Denver. uh, Excuse me. So I'm a Colorado Rockies fan. You know, so I might, you know, if, if they bring, you know, so this person's meeting with me for the first time, if they bring me a coffee mug, that's a Rockies mug with chocolate in it. I'm going to do the deal. I don't care. <laughs> and now, you know, obviously you have to say, hey, I saw on LinkedIn that you came from Denver or, you know, whatever, because you really don't want them to think that you're stalking. But, you know, those those little things that you can do to it, to have that touch point, whether it's a positive or, you know, maybe it is a negative situation, whatever you can do to, to make it better, do that. We had a we had a guy a few months ago who just started blasting us on Twitter uh, he, he works as a as a server in a restaurant, and I won't say where, but he uh, he felt like he we, he'd gotten a bad batch of employees, and he consistently got bad batches of employees. He said that mm-hmm. that, that our guys wearing the branded gear, they weren't tipping well, and uh, oh and were, were were rude. And mm-hmm. I mean, you know, this is he he was he was venting, mm-hmm. uh, and you know. I, I, I can't dispute what he's saying, but, but what I did do is look at his profile, and that's, that's the Firefly example. I saw that he was a mm-hmm. huge fan of Firefly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had references to it in his, uh, in his Twitter bio, you know, somewhere in the verse. Uh, and I made sure that our response to him uh, had three specific references to the show in it, so that there would be absolutely <laughs> mm-hmm. no mistake. 
and his his reply back to us almost immediately was, you know, hey, kudos, brown coat, you mm-hmm. know, way to go. And we, we were able to take it to direct message and right. mm-hmm. found out more about what he was talking about, told him what we were going to do about it from, th- mm-hmm. from this end. And, and he was satisfied. And, and it, you know, it literally took one tweet. But it was, it was a matter of looking at this person as a human being and saying, mm-hmm. what, what do we have in common that, that can transcend this other thing that we have in common where mm-hmm. I work for a power company that he happens to despise right now? Mm-hmm. And, and one tweet turned it all around. Right. You know, and, and sometimes it's, it's a matter of saying, I'm sorry. You know, what can we do to fix it? And, and so many businesses think, oh, we can't do that because we might be oh, gasp. And this is, you know, the crisis communication thing coming in. We might be admitting liability. No, you know, saying you're sorry isn't saying, you know, we're, we're at fault and that we're to blame. You know, but, but yeah, the second you can say, Hey, you know, we live in the same area and we're without power too. And it really sucks. I mean, you know, that, you know, you, you, but there are ways you can do it without even using the word sorry. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, we, and we, we've had folks who, who said, you know, it, it, maybe it was a billing issue and it was some mm-hmm. kind of mix up in the system or something. Uh, simply just saying, ouch, that doesn't right. sound right. Can we, can we look into that for you? Right. Uh, you know, that's not that's not admitting any fault or any right. blame or anything else, but it's recognizing that hey, you've got a legitimate point here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and, and I think that's what people really need is they need to feel like like they they matter, and you know whether you're doing it with a little bit of humor or you know maybe uh, you know a joke or you know obviously there are times where you have to be perfectly serious, but just knowing that somebody cared that does wonders. Well. I, I, Absolutely. I, I do want to bring this up, though, because I, I, I feel like we have to put this in context. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've got 1.4 million customers in the state, and they are all over the spectrum when it comes to, to technology and right. whatever else. So mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're not really looking at this as abandoning anything that we're doing from a customer service standpoint. No, no. It's just the recognition that, that we've got a growing class of customers mm-hmm. that, it, that prefers this as a mode for dealing with us. Mm-hmm. We, about 30% of our customers still walk into a brick and mortar office every month to pay their bill mm-hmm. and a lot of the time it's in cash. Yep. You know, that's 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 a you know, that's a part of our customer base that's mm-hmm. not going away anytime right. soon. Uh but then we've got another part of our customer base, uh and, and particularly the, the younger folks and the millennials, they don't want they don't want a customer service paradigm that's built on the fact that it's automatically inconvenient for them. Mm-hmm. Uh I I used to have uh my uh my phone and my DSL through Windstream communications. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't have them anymore because I moved and I'm out of their area. But so I'm not I'm not bashing them by any stretch. <laughs> mm-hmm. But but when we had issues, uh, you know, my wife would call and call me on the cell phone and say, "Hey, the internet's down at the house, phone's down. You know, find out what you can about it." I, I'm not in a position where I can just drop everything I'm doing and carve out 20 minutes out of my out of my day to set as a schedule and say, "Okay, this is when I'm going to call their customer service department." So mm-hmm. that I can go through their phone trees and punch eight for, for English and then stay on the line and then, you know, get a rep on the phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I send them a direct message on Twitter and mm-hmm. I tell them, this is my name, this is my address, my phone number. Is it just us or is there an area wide outage? And then I just go on about my day. Right. Maybe, maybe, might be 10 minutes later, might be 25 minutes later before they get back to me and say, Hey, as a matter of fact, you, you know, there is an area wide outage. You should be back up by two o'clock. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's what I needed to know. And, mm-hmm. and the beautiful part about that is that now, uh, the amount of time that I actually had invested in communicating with them 
was down to a minute. Right. Mm-hmm. I did not have to carve out. I did not have to carve out 15 or 20 minutes mm-hmm. of my time to do it. So it's, it's this sort of asynchronous communication uh, that's, that's convenient for us. From a call center standpoint, it, it can be fantastically uh, convenient and helpful. I mean, you know, you look at, at the uh, at call centers that, that are measuring things like first call resolution, time mm-hmm. on call. Uh, you know, they're obviously trying to cut that down. And if, you know, if, if you're a, if you're a, customer service rep that can that can juggle several of these Twitter conversations at once, the amount of time that you're spending on that on each customer interaction actually goes down. Right. Because, mm-hmm. You know, it, it may it may take you an hour and a half to complete that one customer, but it was forty five seconds here, twenty mm-hmm. seconds there, you know, a minute and a half there and you're done. And it and it and it all falls into the gaps of what's convenient. So you know I, I, I say all that to to kind of come back home and hit this point is that you know, your customer base has a lot of different types of expectations and they have a lot of different preferred ways to reach you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are rapidly moving on to the point now where uh, people are just going to take it for granted that, hey, you've got some type of social channel and I can reach you there. Uh, you know, 30 years ago, it was, not, it was not common to think of every single company of having an 800 number with a call center. Right. Now, uh-huh. if you're a business of any size and you don't, people wonder what's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. They wonder if you're some kind of fly-by-night outfit. Mm-hmm. And well, we're, you know, we're, we're moving towards the point where, where it's going to be that way for social. And that's where it's important for business. You know, you mentioned the fact that your Google Plus page is just a placeholder. It's there and it's got the information. You know, and and that's I think what businesses need to remember is maybe they're not going to use you know whatever that that medium is but they need to have at least a little presence there that you know has the phone number has you know the website you know whatever they need to get people back in contact with them rather than just you know hey we're not on twitter and we don't care if you are so you know too bad um you know and 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 that's i think where i see businesses falling down is they they assume that it's it's okay to not be in some of the places you know, at all. And I think, you know, they need to at least have a very minimal presence and, and, you know, maybe they don't go there at all, but that's okay. As long as I can go to, you know, you know, the, the restaurant's Twitter page and get their address, you know, because that's really what I was looking for was where's their address (laughs) or, or some other kind of self, you know, Mm -hmm. self service tool. You know, Twitter doesn't have to be, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be a full-time vocation for you. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's really easy. If a business wants to set up a Twitter account and then and then set it, you know, you, you can set your notifications so that you'll get an instant email the moment anybody mentions you. Uh, and it may be that, that they mention you and, and it's positive and, and that's fine. Maybe they have a specific question. At the very least, you're you're at least seeing what that question is and you have the opportunity mm-hmm. to, to, to reach back and respond. Uh you're not you're not committing to answering every single question that comes mm-hmm. up, and because it's from email, you don't have to worry about keeping Twitter up all the time. Mm-hmm. It's just right. here you get an email. Wow, that is a really good question. That's not on our website. That's not on our on our FAQ. Maybe we need to fix that. Right. Uh, you know, you're right. You don't you don't have to uh, you don't have to be engaging on every single platform twenty four seven. But but it, it is a good idea to uh, to stake your real estate even if it's just for future purposes. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, one of the things that businesses and, you know, or whoever you are needs to keep in mind is how you are engaging. Um, I 
saw this on Facebook this morning, and this was a, a post by Matt Collier, who is one of the you know experts in social media, and he had posted a tweet from a news anchor. I'm assuming she's a news anchor. And so this tweet says, thought Breaking Bad was hot last Sunday at Fox 29 Philly, which is their TV station. See who's Breaking Bad in Southwest Philly, leaving six people shot tonight at 10. It, okay, that's beyond tacky. <laughs> but it, it got thousands of people retweeting it. And, you know, so... Let me let me let me let me let me go one better than that. The 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 one that I see that's just it's just absolutely tacky and it grates at me is uh, when when a news outlet, whether it's newspaper, TV station, radio station, whatever, puts up the picture of of the kid with cancer. Oh yeah, I'm not making mm-hmm. this up. Here's here's a picture of the kid with cancer. It's like you know little, little Joey is going through a tough time, mm-hmm. uh, and it could be make or break. You know, click like on this picture to send prayers to little Joey. Oh, uh, oh my God. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it is, it is so blatant in, uh, in using that child, you know, to, mm-hmm. to promote the Facebook page. It's, you know, people don't think about this, but, you know, the reason that that station is trying to get 1 million people to click like or share or whatever on that post is because it, it's going to send their Facebook graph rank through the roof. Mm-hmm. It's ensuring that the next time they share a post, that it won't be seen by 15% of their fans. Mm-hmm. It'll be seen by 90% right. of their fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, to me, it's just, it's just such a sleazy, sleazy tactic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I find that to be far more unforgivable than having a single anchor who, you know, goes off the reservation trying to be edgy. Uh, you know, I, I suppose you could say the stations ought to do a better job of training their employees how to use it. But, but I, you know, the fact of the matter is, I, I still know a lot of people in TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just kind of thrown out there. I, I know one station that went and created Twitter accounts for every one of their employees that were branded and said, "Okay, you're, you Ooh. need to use," this. but they Ooh. never told them how to use it. Right. Uh, you know, and, 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 and and what what happened? You know, what ended up happening is what you expect would happen. You mm-hmm. had a bunch of people who never tweeted. <laughs> You had a few people who were tweeting and doing stuff, and you had a couple of people who emerged as having really great personalities and and, and mm-hmm. a great seat of the pants feel for how to do it. They they weren't entirely sure what they were doing, but they were just being themselves and mm-hmm. having fun, and it worked. Right, you know, and, and businesses can do that too. You know, maybe you have, you know, your your sales team all has a Twitter account or something. That's great. Right? But it comes back to exactly what you just said. You need to train them. You need to tell them the messaging that can go out there. Um, you know, all of these various things because it, it, people forget and then, you know, maybe we're on our Facebook page and we post something we shouldn't. Um, one of the, the epic fails that I saw not long ago, a woman was posting and it was actually for the Red Cross. She was in her, she thought she was in her personal account. So she was talking about how much she was going to drink that night, and she posted uh, from yeah. She's a friend of mine, actually. <laughs> that was an oops, you know. She, but she, she immediately figured it out, and she said, "Oh dear, my bad." So then it really wasn't all that bad, you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> but, she, she, she's a she's a friend of mine, so uh, so I remember that one very well. Yeah, it was uh, that was an oops. It, that was an oops, and that was a fixable oops, and it's mm-hmm. uh, you know it goes back to the what I've been telling folks for a while: is you, you don't cross the streams. Don't right. ever use the same mm-hmm. the same Twitter app for mm-hmm. for different accounts. Right. You know, uh, and, and 
and have different pictures. You know, there are people who have their Facebook personal page, which they try to keep more personal, and then they have a business page. Well, you know, that's perfectly fine, but have two different pictures. So that way you know, okay, I'm posting from the one where I have my business suit on. That means I'm posting professionally today. And, you know, where I've got the picture of me with the funny hat, that's my personal page. That's just a, an easy way to keep the, the account separate. Well, you're right. There, there does need to be more uh, more training around this. But, you know, if if I could just give 30-second advice, look at these networks for what they are, which is relationship mm-hmm. management. If, if if you've got a sales crew uh, and if, they're, if it's easier for them to keep up with their B2B contacts, with the people they're regularly calling on, whether it's whether it's LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter or what or any combination thereof, all all it, all it is is a tool for 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 cultivating those relationships that you've got. And you know the the fact that it's real time, the fact that the mobile technology there I brought it up again makes mm-hmm. it makes it ambient and and constant uh, and ubiquitous again big words. Uh, it does nothing but but help make that employee more productive. Right. Uh, you know, there there are tens of millions of people who use social media to become really really smart about really really stupid things. That doesn't make it <laughs> stupid. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, you know, amazingly, we are at the top of the hour, and we didn't even get to talk about several of the things I wanted to talk about with you. So, yeah, we'll we'll have you back on again. But tell us how they uh, connect with you, and then also how. How they connect with Alabama Power because I think there's some very great examples that you guys do on customer service, how to you know follow up quickly, all those various things. So it's it's just a, a good source of of uh, information out there. Well, thank you. We uh, I'm Ike Pickett, I K E P I G O T T on Twitter, uh, and then Alabama Power is Alabama Power, no spaces, no underscores on Twitter. Uh, probably the best ways to to kind of look us up. Uh, I've, I've got a lot of other social networks I'm on, but but Twitter's the one that, that kind of gets my attention first. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I typically engage with people who ask me questions and engage with me, uh, unless it's been in the last hour or so and I've been on the radio and I haven't been paying attention. <laughs> um, but you know it, that's that that that's a really important piece for me is is the engagement. I, I get mm-hmm. a lot of folks who follow me. I, I had one guy one you know recently sent me a note that said uh, you didn't follow me back. You don't live out, and it's like, well, you never said anything. You didn't say hi. Right. Uh huh. <laughs> you know, yeah. If, if you follow me without saying hi, that's like that's like being behind me in traffic and never, never honking the horn or flashing your lights. You know, mm-hmm. get, get my attention. Say something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Show uh, me why I want to connect with you. It, it, well, you don't even have to show me. Just connect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> connect, other than just assuming that you're going to get an automatic follow back. Mm-hmm. Well, and you never know when it can be a great business resource or, you know, somebody you go play baseball with or, or something. You know, it's it's all about developing those relationships. You know, and, and the second that we think the world revolves around us, we lose out on so much. Um, you know, and, and so I think this has been a great topic today. As I mentioned, you know, we didn't even get to talk about your blog, which I think is a, is a very cool blog that... that People need to check out, but really, you know, folks, check out Alabama Power because it's got it's just a great resource as to how a business can carry on conversations as people. Um, so, Ike, again, thank you so much. We'll have you on again, and folks, everyone, enjoy this glorious fall day. And until next week, you can find me at deadcareer.com. dot 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.